Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to Stories from out on Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day and the little light in the kitchen is always on. I have a story to tell you today that goes way, way back to when I was a young man. I'm, I made the acquaintance of a pastor, a seasoned pastor. His name was Dan Gillette. Dan has a nephew, Josh Gillette, who pastors right here in town, in town across at the Cascades Baptist Church. And he's a friend of mine, a ministry colleague. Dan, at the time, Dan Gillette was the pastor of uh, Baptist Church, uh, First Baptist Church of Elkhart, Indiana. And things were going on there. It was a very strong church. May have been a thousand people who attended. They had a Christian school. And Dan was a man's man and a very strong leader. And I was a young man and I had a lot to learn. And Dan Gillette sponsored a pastor's conference in January of the year. And um, the pastor that I worked with for, Pastor Larry Whiteford, he encouraged me to go over to this pastor's conference and learn what I could. So I drove over every morning to Elkhart in the snow and and sat with a handful of other men. And, and Dan Gillette would exhort us and teach us and... Uh, that became a very fruitful relationship, the kind of man that I didn't talk to very often, but when I was stuck on something and needed pastoral wisdom, I would call him. But along the way, I came to understand what I believe the Bible teaches, that a church should be governed by a plurality of elders. Um, it should have an element of congregational role, an element of pastoral leadership, but it should be, it should be governed by a plurality of elders and deacons so elders would have authority and they would also serve, but then deacons wouldn't have authority except in their area. And so, but some of the churches that I pastored weren't fi- configured that way. And they had kind of a, a board of deacons following a sort of a corporate style. And so in my mind, I, I thought, well, how do you reconcile that if the church isn't prepared to go to an elder rule model or an elder leadership model? I've learned over the years, the way to handle that was just to look at the men who are appointed as deacons in those churches and treat them as much as you can, like they would would be elders that had, had authority. And that was helpful to me. But at the time when I was young and I was trying to work that out, figure that out, I called Dan Gillette on the phone and I said, well, if you've got you know deacons and they think they're in authority and they really shouldn't be in authority, if you go to them and explain everything you're doing to them, isn't that like a way of saying that you're asking for their permission when you really should just be giving them direction about what you're doing if you're the authority? And Dan Gillette leaned back in his chair and he laughed and he said, no, Ken, 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 those guys are your friends. They're the ones that are gonna tell you if you're going out there with your fly unzipped. Well, that was a little PG, but I thought, well, that's pretty funny. and. Over the years, that really stuck with me. The deacons are the guys that will tell you when you're kind of making a mistake or proverbially your fly is unzipped. Fast forward a number of years, and when I came here to Bethel, I was delighted to discover that the church had was governed by a plurality of elders with congregational element there and regular uh, quarterly congregational meetings, but leadership from elders and pastoral care from elders. And, and we also have a, a number of men and women who are, who are deacons. Uh, years ago, when I served here in town, 
there was a couple that served in that church. Her name was Pat McGee. She was the church secretary. And Lowell, her husband, was was uh, not paid, but he was the church bus mechanic. And the church had an aggressive bus ministry. And so through the winter, I can remember Lowell McGee being there way before I would get to. I'd come early, but he'd already be there working out in that cold bus barn, making sure that those buses were ready to go. These people, even to this day, still serving the Lord. They're pretty up in years, that they, but their life has been characterized by serving the Lord. Well, it was a delight to me when I arrived at Bethel to see that soon thereafter, their their son, Tom McGee, also Lowell, but goes by Tom and, and his wife, Denise, they were uh, started to attend the Bethel Church and then they joined um, and um, it was nominating team time. And Tom had told me, he said, Pastor, if there's ever anything you need, I'm here to help. Just let me know how I can help. All you got to do is call. And I would call on him when a widow needed their plumbing fixed. And he would be quick to do that, eager to help. And I noticed this guy, he has the same servant spirit his parents had. Keep an eye on those. He's a really delightful guy. And so I kept that in mind. When the nominating committee time came, we suggested here would be a good deacon. Well, um, he was he he didn't he didn't necessarily see himself as a deacon, but when we sent him the letter, he set up an appointment and came and sat down and talked with me. And uh, I encouraged him, and he and he took he accepted the nomination and he was appointed as a deacon. So now here was Tom McGee, one of our the, the son of some old uh, friends who is now, uh, you know, is about my age, and he's a deacon. And the other, and he, he told me one day, he was helping me, well, I was watching him install our hot water heater. <laughs> and he had a beautiful truck. Uh, and I said, my goodness, that's a beautiful truck. And he looked at me and he said, you make sure you tell me if you ever need to borrow it. And I thought, well, I'd be really slow to borrow a guy's truck. It's like a luxury car, beautiful double cab, you know. And the other day we were trying to get some mulch around the trees, uh, uh, a flower bed for Lois. My son Kyle had come down for the Mother's Day weekend and he wanted to fix a flower bed for his mother. He said, man, we could save a lot of money and we could really do this right. If we had a pickup truck, we could buy some mulch. And Tom, I, I knew didn't live far away. So I called Tom and said, could we borrow your truck? And right away, come and get it, just sitting here. So we drove up there and borrowed his truck and did the job. And then I took the truck back and it was a cold, blustery day and the wind was blowing. And we were talking as I was giving him his truck back. And offhandedly, he says to me, are you feeling the breeze? And I was like, yeah, it's chilly out. And he goes, it's, no, I mean, what I mean to say is your barn door is open. And I thought, well, there you have it. <laughs> Dan Gillette was right. Your deacons are your friends. They're those guys that are going to tell you if your fly is unzipped. Well, that's the story today from out on Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day. The little light in the kitchen is always on. And hey, check your fly. <laughs>